2: put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. It is eight minutes now past nine o'clock. What an incredibly
3: fun production at the Stages Theater. It is called Once on this Island. And we have with us on our John Schuster, Caldwell Banker Hotline. Sandy Bourne Barrett is the artistic director at Stages to talk more about this production. Sandy, thank you for coming on. It's Susie Jones. I'm in for Geraldine, so bear with me.
0: <laughs> no problem. Thank you so much for having me.
3: Well, I just was putting that sound uh, from your website on recording it for this interview. I thought, what a kick. I bet this is just a fun story. So kind of give us a little overview of what the story is and where and how people can see it.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Once on this island is uh, a beautiful piece of theater uh, that it, it, it tells the story of Ti-Moon, who's a young girl, uh, and, her, and weaves through uh, music and song and dance. Um, her journey to find love or find what she thinks love is in the world. Um, and uh, throughout this uh, sort of Calypso-inspired uh, musical, uh, she is uh, tended to by the gods of earth and water and death and love. Um, it's a beautiful story and uh, one that is perfect for adults and, uh, kids, uh, seven plus at Stages Theatre Company.
3: I was reading. There are some. While it is for you know, kids seven plus, there are some themes Mm -hmm. that are a little sensitive in terms of like death and grieving. Can you talk about that and and uh, how that's Mm -hmm. being received?
0: Oh, you bet. Um, You know, it's it's really more of a a disclaimer than a warning because uh, there the show is really at its heart about life and love. But um, you know, Timoon is put in uh, is tested through her journey and. Um, there, there are times when uh, the God of Death and the God of Life are trying of love are trying to sort of lead her in a certain direction, and so she gets um, she gets pulled uh, by by all of these feelings and grief and um, really it's a story about class. It's about a girl, a peasant girl, um, who falls in love with a boy, and and um, you know, disclaimer here: his family will not let him be with her. Uh, and it's, uh, it, you know, and in the end, it's a hopeful story. But really, it's about uh, staying true to who you are as right. a person.
3: Sandy Bourne baird is our uh, the artistic director at Stages Theater. and We're talking about a production called Once on This Island, and that's a that's a, a an old tale of unre- uh, you know of the families not mm-hmm. wanting two people to be together romeo and juliet and yeah. you know what i mean and now it's yeah. re- it's relevant now because i still think there are families that say no i don't want you to be with someone who is xyz whether it's mm-hmm. race or mm-hmm. what or economic situation you know what i mean it's still there yeah, it's still sure. yeah sure. right, right right
0: uh, you know, kids are up against all kinds of preconceived notions of what love is, um, and I think that this is a timely sort of tale as uh, young people journey through the world trying to figure out who they are. And um, uh, she she is is off on her own trying to discover who she is, um, but it's not as heavy as all that. It it really is a beautiful story about a journey and. Um, the colors and music and dance and such incredible musicians in this show. The young actors are extraordinary. Um, I've had so many audience members say, so how many of those people on stage were adults? And I have to say, not a one. They really? Are all, uh, okay. They are all young people that are um, incredible actors and performers.
3: Yeah, talk about uh, who plays the role of T-Moon. Uh, mm-hmm. And she's actually a, somewhat of a veteran to stages theater, correct?
0: Yes, she's done a number of shows at stages at Anaya Holly, and she um, she's been on our stage for a couple of years now. Uh, she her first show was actually our first full production after the pandemic, and that was two summers ago. We did an outdoor production of Charlie Brown, and uh, she played Sally Brown um, in that show, and. Um, from there, she has just grown as an artist and as a person, um, and and brought such life and love and joy to this role. Um, it's it, to watch her on that stage is is really beautiful.
3: So you've had uh, a couple of productions under your belt. How has it been? And I know it runs through the nineteenth. Kind of talk about the audience reaction.
0: Well, I am. I'm, I was there opening night and I have never seen an audience at stages leap to its feet faster than this one did at the curtain call. Um, Everybody was up on their feet, just hollering and clapping. It was um, so exciting and so exciting for these young people uh, to see that, that their work had paid off. Right. Um, And it's been great. All weekend has been really um, positive feedback from our audiences um, as I say it is for ages seven plus, the show actually only runs about fifty five minutes, so it's perfect for those younger audience members, you know, but we recommended it for seven plus because it starts out with a storm and there's some thunder and lightning and things like that and some of the themes are a little bit more mature. You wouldn't want to bring your three or five year olds and stages just has a lot of programming for that young of an audience member. So it was important that um, parents understand or or adults understand that it's really not geared for our littlest audience members, but I think seven and up that can enjoy this show.
3: Talk a little bit about what it looks like. Is it quite colorful? Mm-hmm. Does it look like an island and lots of palm trees and coconuts and berries? Various-
0: it's really it's really beautiful. I mean, there's, um, it, you know, the, the stage is painted and texturized uh, to look like sand and so much color and the actors on stage are just in these bright colorful costumes and it actually takes you out of this winter uh, uh this winter we're in in the middle of minnesota and you sort of get plopped in the middle of this warm island and it's just it's such a great respite from what we're going through right now so a nice <laughs> treat
3: yeah a nice treat yeah. so how do people get tickets if they're listening and they want to join and come see uh once on this island where do they go uh,
0: you bet. Go to our website. It's www.stagestheater.org, and theater is spelled with a T-R-E. Um, there's information on there. You can always call our box office. It has a relatively short run. It only is running for two more weekends, um, but we also have some school day matinees if anyone wants to bring a school group, but we have performances um, through the 19th.
3: That is fantastic. And Stages is, again, located Am my... Is it... Hopkins. Yeah. Yeah. It's right the,
0: on. Yeah. You bet. It's in the Hopkins Center for the Arts right on Main Street in beautiful Hopkins.
3: It's a wonderful venue. I've seen a lot of shows there with my kids, kids and other members of the family. Well, Sandy, thanks for coming on today. It was nice to talk to you. Ger- you bet. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Geraldine will be back soon. So I'll be back to my morning show, but that's fine. <laughs> All right, Sandy, have a good night. Take care. Thanks again. Bye-bye. Andy Boren-Barrett, the Artistic Director at Stages Theatre, with us on News Talk 830
1: WCCO.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
3: It is 920 on WCCO. We are in the middle of center stage, and that beautiful voice that you are hearing is Thomasina Petris. She is a singer and an actress, and she has an event coming up actually a week from tonight, March 12th, and we are welcoming her to the program on the John Schuster Colwell Banker Hotline. Thomasina, thanks for coming on with us.
4: Oh, I'm so excited to come back. Thank you for having me tonight. Thank
3: well, I'm, you. I'm sorry that Gerilyn isn't here, but I'll do my very best. Uh, I listened to your music and read a bit of your biography, and yeah. it sounds like you've done some wonderful things at places like Penumbra and Park Square Theater and Mixed Blood, and Illusion, Guthrie. So this is yeah. really just where you live, right? Where Tell me a little bit about yourself.
4: Well, I'm a hometown girl a North High School, class of 88, uh, North High Polar. Hmm. Proud of it. It created the career I have now, um, helped form me into the artist I am now. And I, you know, I just never left. I thought about, you know, heading to New York or one of the coasts to, you know, try my talents there, but I, I really take pride in the fact that people here have really literally watched me grow into the artist, entrepreneur that I am. So I'm a true hometown girl.
3: How do you think you've changed since you started in the business?
4: Well, um, you know, at the end of last year, when I closed um, the production of Beauty and the Beast at the Ordway, um, I decided that I was going to be really specific about what work I allowed to come in the new year. Uh, because I really want to concentrate on music. So any kind of job that came had to include music, had to allow me to sing. So, uh, And I already had some things in place, so I'm going to be doing Lady Day. Uh, That little piece you heard was uh, Strange Fruit from Billie Holiday, but um, that was my voice. I know it sounds like Billie, but that play is really important to me. Because Billie Holiday is the reason why I became a jazz singer and changed from being a dancer. So at North High School, I was trained as a dancer and was really serious about heading to New York and auditioning for Alvin Ailey, and like that was my dream. And then realized I love to sing, fell in love with jazz in high school, kind of combined the two and thought, you know, Minneapolis has a great theater scene, like musical theater has dancing and singing, maybe somebody will teach me how to act a little bit. And 35 years later, here I still am, um, I've had some great groundbreaking, intense instruction um, and uh, mentorships with, you know, Lou Bellamy, Jack Ruler, Austin Van, who is a dear friend of mine. I'll be doing Lady Day at her theater, Yellow Tree, uh, next month. And so I've just been so blessed to have the people I used to follow around when I was younger. My mom used to sneak me into the old Dakota, you know, and follow around Dennis Spears and the late, great Debbie Duncan and Yolanda Bruce. And, like, I built my... My voice, my style, all the things that I have that are part of my uh, sound, my artistry, is because of my friends and family here. I mean, truly. That's fantastic. Minnesota of built me, yeah.
3: Um, I saw that one of the people you've had the opportunity to work with is was Prince. Um, what was that like, working with
4: oh him?
5: My
4: well, I had been singing with a band way back, well, over 20-something years ago when I first started uh, and was got good enough to to front a band. Um, Walter Chancellor, who's my ax man, my saxophone player, uh, pulled me into his band. And he had come here from Des Moines, Iowa, to play on some of Prince's albums and work with him. And um, Prince had come out to hear our band play at the late Jasmine's Club, which was a great club. Uh, and we became the house band there. And I really was just encouraged to just explore myself vocally, I could just, they allowed me to just try anything, and I really kind of cut my teeth uh, at the old mooring bar, and uh, Jasmine's, and Old Dakota, Lowell, started letting me have gigs there, and uh, Sanford Moore, dear friend, wonderful, More by Four, um, he had me sitting with that group a couple times, and I just, I just got to be in some of these great places, Cornbread Harris, Cornbread, uh, James Cornbread Harris, Sr., uh, a legend, a living legend, mm. uh, was truly my first mentor in jazz. He taught me my first jazz song that I picked out of a fake book at Nicomis Lake Nokomis. They had music in the parks. Mm-hmm. People could just come and learn jazz, and all these professional musicians would volunteer their time, and he volunteered. I picked God Bless the Child out of the fake book, uh, was wondering who this guy, Billy Holiday, was, and he... He said, "Well, I'm not going to teach you the song until you go to the library and study who Billie Holiday is." Yeah, because I really didn't know. I was told so, yeah, I was like 15. <laughs> uh, fast forward, I would marry. I would get married at that same Lake Nicomas. Oh, so, yeah. So I married a musician, a wonderful musician. So
3: talk about <laughs> Billie Holiday to you. Um, oh man, because yes. you—it's remarkable how much you sound like her. And okay. go ahead.
4: Yeah. Well, I get super excited. Can you tell I'm like a chatty Cathy? So, <laughs> no problem. <laughs> my I mean, mom, yeah. uh, God bless her. Uh, so Billie Holiday, when I first learned that first jazz song, I used to go to the old downtown library. And I would sit in the music room and listen to the albums, and I would take out sheet music. I couldn't really read it, uh, but I used to like to look at the sheet music because it looked like... In a way, it was like a dance language. I don't know if you know choreographers. Um, Shout out to Colleen Callahan, who was my dance teacher, and Carol Schwarzkopf, my dance teachers at North. Mm. You know, there's this language that each dancer develops in order to write down their choreography. Mm -hmm. And music looked like that to me. So I could read music from taking flute, so I could read the rhythms and stuff. And I used to just go kind of look at the music, listen to the old albums, in the music rooms for hours and hours and uh, wait for my mom to get off work. Uh, and mm-hmm. for a time there, we actually stayed at the Andrews Hotel. It was We were homeless for a bit, and so we used to stay there at the Andrews Hotel across the street. Wow. So I would spend hours in the library listening to all this music and, you know, just studying Billy and Dinah, wow. Washington, and Lena Horne, all these old albums, you know. Yeah. I up with the music there. And they had a room, you could just go in there and sing, and I would sit at the piano, I couldn't play, but I just, I just saw it. I just saw what I would be doing so long ago, and I was so young, and I felt uninhibited because I wasn't being trained, I was just being encouraged. So I was free. Yeah. Right? Right. So not to take anything away from training and lessons and vocal lessons, because I wish I had was able to have that. But we couldn't afford it. It wasn't accessible. And I was in dance more than singing. And I just, you know, people would let me show up. And then I just started showing up to every and any audition. Once (laughs) I realized that we had auditions available in the Twin Cities, Mm -hmm. I would just show up at auditions just to watch how people auditioned. Okay, I didn't know how my resume had like three school plays on it. (laughs)
3: now tell me when you started your company Tomasina Productions
4: well that's funny because in 2004 I had I had already seen the late Shirley Witherspoon perform Lady Day at Emerson's Bar and Grill right that's the play I'm going to be doing at Yellow Tree okay that play she was so profound in that and I thought I want to do that play now I'm 15 then so I wasn't mature enough at all and I thought someday I'm going to do that and um you know, that, wait. What was your original question? I got. That's you know, okay.
3: I, I just wondered when you started the production company. Right. What so was the, the what was the was,
4: impetus of that? Yeah. That that play. I was ready to produce it, and um, I was already singing and gigging with Walter Chancellor's band, and um, I already was doing well. <clears throat> and I decided to buy the rights myself. I called the place that owned the rights, Samuel French, <clears throat> owned the rights to the play. I found out how to buy a play. Hmm. I found a space. And and figured out how to buy the rights, buy the script. I hired Tom West, who still plays with me to this day. He's like my ride or die accompanist. <laughs> um, and uh, we just we just started at the old Arizona Theater. Wow. Darcy McKnight let us rent her space. We turned it into the theater that I wanted. Um, Prince had asked me to come into a studio session, just some scratch vocals on so, on some songs that are I'm sure still in the vault and i was so nervous i went i'm such i'm so quick in the studio cuz when you tell me to do something i do exactly that and i try to do it to perfection okay. and i just wish this is something i always forget, i wish i would have asked him can i just try something that's in my head something an idea i don't know if he would have went for that you know cuz it's prince and i just thought if he would have been able to hear me do like me just me completely free yeah, um, yeah. It would have been so amazing, right? Or oh. he would have said, get out. That's not what I asked him. <laughs> but anyway, what happened was I finished um, the song. It was background vocals on a cool song. And then he said, so what else are you doing? And I told him, I'm producing this play. My sisters and I are producing this play together. And, I mean, we even drew up the tickets, and I bought a little score, a little uh <laughs> Serrated edge score, yeah. Score so we could rip them. I mean, we did everything. It was so funny. And um, he came. He came to the <gasps> play with his second wife at the time. They they had shown up, and um, he, he didn't realize that you know this was a labor of love on our part. Me yeah. and my sisters. We didn't know anything about producing a play.
5: Yeah. And
4: I'm getting up, and uh, you know he came in. It was very few people, but he and his wife sat on the bleachers. We had set up these bleachers in kind of the back of the house.
3: Yeah.
4: And. Her gown was so beautiful and so sparkly that it was reflecting <laughs> off of the residual light from my one pin spot that my sister-in-law was, was operating. <laughs> remember. She had this, this beautiful white, like fur coat on in winter. When, her, when it, she flipped it off of her shoulder, it reflected and lit up this dark room Um and then, you know, everybody realized, oh, somebody else is here. They looked around and they saw him and He had to leave. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah, that's my little. I, I got a chance to work with Prince Story. Yeah, that's um, awesome. Listen, yeah.
3: so let's tell people how they can get a, a ticket because we're out of time now. But so oh, how? No. To, yes, well, I'm sorry. Yeah, the
4: thing we're supposed to be talking about, right? No, that's Which OK. You California.
3: just tell me how to get there.
4: The amazing, amazing. The Island of Discarded Women. Island of Discarded Women. We're going to be at the Women's Club. Um, and you can go to just Google the Island of Discarded Women. March 12th is the show. You can just Google it. Go right on there. Buy tickets. You can also go through Sue McLean, Sue McLean and Associates. Okay. Um, she's producing the show. And it's just a wonderful collection of people like me, people who are who who are just, they can't do anything else but the art. Uh. <laughs> and Reed, Reed is on the show. Like, she's one of my idols. I love the way she writes. She has this song called Styrofoam. It's so cute. It's one of my favorite songs. She knows this. Awesome. Um, she's one of like half a dozen, and I am going to be there with Singers, my new acapella all black women's singing group. I Wonderful. mean, we are. I was just moved to. We have so much to speak about um, in, in this climate, you know, and mm. particularly in Minnesota. There's a lot that isn't um, that uh, we as singers can explore and express in a way that creates conversation around healing and joy. Like that's where I am in life right now. I want to bring joy to people through music, help them heal and and get through stuff through music. So Sing Hers is going to be um, performing with that. And so I'm super, super excited.
3: Thank you so much, Island of Discarded Women. Good to talk to you. Have a beautiful night. (laughs)
4: You too. Thanks, everybody, for letting me rattle on. I'm so, so excited. I can't wait to sing my face off with all these other
3: amazing women on the Island of Discarded Women. Lovely. Thomasina Petras with us on News Talk 830 WCCO.
2: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medella, is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
1: Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app
3: 9.38 on WCCO. I'm Susie Jones in for Geraldine Steele tonight and on our John Schuster Cowell Banker Hotline. Rohan Preston, the lead theater reporter and critic at Star Tribune. And there are a number of shows taking place right now that are noteworthy. How are you, Rohan? Thanks for coming on with us.
5: Uh, thank you so much. How are
3: you doing? I'm quite well. I watched basketball earlier this evening in the Iowa was something else, and I don't like Iowa very much, but it was a heck of a basketball
5: game. And and they won. I, I, I have to tell you, I've given up TV for Lent. Oh,
3: <gasps> wow! That is a big lift. Good for you. But you haven't given up live theater productions. That would be bad.
5: At all. At all. There's a. There's a lot. A uh, lot of uh, really, really good stuff that's happening. One of the shows that opened this past week is um, Tina, the Tina Turner musical at the Orpheum in Minneapolis.
3: We are going to have someone on later, Ann Nesby, who plays Grand Georgiana. So I'm curious, how did you like it and what was it like to see on stage? And does it follow her life sort of chronologically? Tell us a little about it.
5: Yes, so uh, this, uh, it does. Um, the show uh, opened on Broadway, I think now, um, just before the pandemic and it was affected by the pandemic. Um, but Adrian Warren um, won, uh, this actor won the Tony for playing Tina with the famous shock of hair and, and um, all that energy. Um, the production here um, has two stars, uh, that alternate in the role. Uh, it's a demanding role, and and they usually have people alternating because they want to protect their vocal cords. Um, I saw it on Wednesday at Wednesday night's opening. Uh, it was a it was a wonderfully engaging um, um, uh, production that climax essentially into a, into a Tina concert. That was really really. Cool. Were you so, out of, Were um, you
3: out of your seat, Rohan?
5: Yeah, we all were, and, you know, especially for the last two numbers. We are all up on our feet, um, dancing along. And and um, Hometown Hero is coming on tonight. Um, and Nesby, as you know, won um, the the Grammy, uh, several, a couple of Grammys, and was the lead singer of um, Sounds of Blackness, the Hometown Hero. Hooray, hooray for her. She she wasn't able to be there on on, on Wednesday night, but the other actor playing that role was, was also, also very good. And, and, um, the tour has been, um, you know, a little bit I've, I've reported on this, um, uh, with some illness, but the, mm-hmm. the show's going on and, and I'm really excited. Um, I actually will probably go back, uh, go back to see, uh, to see it. Uh, it's a very, very powerful show. I was moved. I was moved. And, um, you know, there are people who know, um, uh, Tina Turner, and who may look at the show and say, well, this is not quite Tina this way or that way. Uh, and, and there are nuances there. Um, um, but um, overall, it's a powerful story. Also, I should say, um, Tina was much abused um, by her uh, late husband, Ike Turner, mm-hmm. and um, and um, I totally understand including it. It's a little bit of a one-note character in the show, but um, but, you know, the, I, I credit um, the fight choreographer uh, who doesn't normally get a lot of credit in these things with with really making that show so palpable because you feel that violence um, against her and, and have a really wonderful um, sense of wanting to help her and to save her um, from that, you know?
3: And is it pretty chronological or do they jump around? Do they take her life from start?
5: Uh, it, it, yeah, it's, it's chronological, I mean, but it's um, it's a jukebox musical. And so they, they fuse, um, and thank you for repeating the question. That's okay, that's okay. Sometimes get lost, but they fuse um, They fuse her life story into her music so that uh-huh. you get you get that um, sort of interplay, you get the sort of background story of, of the song, mm-hmm. you get all of that. Um, but, and it's, you know, it's kind of typical of jukebox, jukebox musicals, um, but, you know, you, you really get a good sense of what Tina endured and, and the miracle, really, of twitching, uh, career, switching genres in midstream. So she was primarily an R&B singer for the first 16 years of her professional career, and then she became a rocker. Mm. And you know that that kind of thing, particularly in an industry where they're like, we want the ingenue, we want the fresh new thing, um, that kind of switch is really re- remarkable. And to be at the top of it as well, so she becomes the queen of rock and roll. That is amazing. So it's a remarkable story, and it's uh, it's really well told, um, powerfully told, I think, at the Orpheum.
3: And it it's got a a. How long's the run again?
5: It goes through um, next weekend. So, and eight more performances this week. And um, then it's on to another city and, you know, wishing wishing them all the best. But uh, people want to see that here. It's, it's at the Orpheum.
3: How often, Rohan, do you see a show more than once?
5: Um, not very often. For shows that have run a long time, I get to see them um, more than once sometimes. Mm-hmm. But... Not not as often. For one thing, we're ripping and running. Um, yeah. for another other, other shows are opening and, and we're doing those um as well. So it's uh it's all um wonderful um but uh, challenging um the, the balancing the schedule or the balls in the air, mm-hmm. whatever metaphor you want to use. <laughs> you
3: know. And on that note, let's talk about sugar
5: in our wounds. Yes. So this is a a fascinating story the headline on this story is that it's a queer love story set during um in the antebellum south during slavery but the but the um the the truth of the matter is that it's it's a story about finding community and love and Mm -hmm. and 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 all the characters in this piece uh, donja R. love is a playwright sarah bellamy directed it for penumbra theater uh, where it's playing Um, all the characters are in search of some sort of thing to help them feel whole and complete. Mm-hmm. Um, now you can say, well, you know, you bring your whole and complete self, but, you know, this is during a time of extreme duress. And, and so the people are captured and captive, but also the people, and they're not represented, but who are enforcing the system, or, mm-hmm. the, you know, the, you, you're a part of it too. So what we get are the, um, these characters on their day off, um, from working and and, and um, w- finding love, discovering love, seeking companionship. Um, very tender. It's told with a lot of shadows and sort of um, um, tableaus and silhouettes. And the period is evoked with uh, kind of a sound score that mixes nature and the beauty of nature with uh, some of the harshness of this experience. And then... Um, the two main characters are um, this guy named James, played by uh, Nathan Barlow, and another person, um, his name is Henry, who comes in town, into into the plantation, and he's played by um, Antonio Duke. And they they fall in love in, at the base of a tree hmm. where James's fat men, um, male kinfolk, um, have all died. Hmm. Um, so... So it's a very telling thing. Um, there's a lot of metaphor in it, uh, a lot of great poetry mm. and stockingly some humor uh, as well. So. Wonderful.
3: <laughs> well, we're out of time, I'm sad to say, but I uh, want to just mention in closing that Hello, Dolly has been extended. Right. That's my final note.
5: And it's a beautiful production. People, everybody go see it.
3: Where is Hel- where is it?
5: It's uh, at the Rich Theater, put on by Theater Latte Da, um, directed by um, uh, the Kelly Foster Water with um, Regina um, Re- Marie Williams playing the title character um, there um, in northeast Minneapolis.
3: Wonderful. Good to talk to you, and we'll see you talk to you again.
5: Keep breaking legs, Susie. Thank okay, you.
3: Bye-bye. Rohan Preston with the Star Tribune with us on News Talk 830-WCCO. Hope you're having a good Sunday night. My name is Susie Jones in tonight for Gerilyn. Geraldyn will be back. It is 9.51 as we continue to roll across the stage, center stage. And joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline right now is Peter Brocious, the creative artistic director at the Children's Theater Company. And we're talking about a production that's already on right now. It is Corduroy. Do you remember that? That little sweet book? And Corduroy, the little guy is looking for his button. Oh, I've read this story many, many times to my children. Uh, Welcome to the program, Peter. Good to have you on.
6: Thanks for having me. Thanks so much. Appreciate it.
3: Well, let's talk about it. How's it going? How's it being received? Um, it's, It's a wonderful story.
6: Yes. I mean, we are having just a delightful time. Audiences are just having the time of their life because what our wonderful playwright Barry Kornhauser has done is um, expand the the little book, because, of course, it's quite a a short book, into really two stories. One is the story of our little friend Corduroy desperately trying to find a button and going through every single department in the department store, causing accidental chaos and havoc because he just is looking desperately for a button. Maybe it's on the top of the shaving cream. Maybe it's on the button of the fan you know maybe it's you know uh, on the blender you know you, you never know where that button could be and so he does all these things and the the night security guard is constantly trying to figure out what's going on in the store at the same time little lisa who discovered the bear in the store and desperately wants him to come home with her is trying to uh, raise a little more money for from her allowance uh, so that she can go back and buy the bear and in her enthusiasm and in her sweet innocence and youth, she also makes one mistake after another. So you've got these two different sets of calamities happening, which cause all kinds of comedy and all kinds of hilarity and all kinds of tenderness, too. Because, you know, Lisa really wants the bear and Corduroy really, really, really wants that butt. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's just, I mean, everything from climbing a giant toilet paper tower to sliding across the stage on, on shaving cream. Hmm. I mean, it's just there's... All kinds of of, of comic uh, uh, invention and chaos and hilarity.
3: And is it of uh, what age? I mean, in children, what's the age? We
6: say from we say it's good for people about four to hundred and four. Okay, adults good. Adults are having a uh, adults are having a grand time because you know the actors are so good and so talented, and the physical comedy is so smart, and the heart is so deep. You know, because you have two characters who really, really want something important. Lisa wants a friend, and Corduroy wants a home and a friend. So they're both after the same thing. But the comic chaos that they cause is delightful for everybody.
3: We are talking to Peter Broches. He's the artistic director at the Children's Theater Company, where the production of Corduroy is in swing. It runs through April 2nd and it's a wonderful opportunity if you've got young children in your life whether they are like we just had a weekend Peter where we had a whole bunch of young um nieces and nephews and we went to the children's museum that was mobbed and i think we might have gone to the play and had some fun laughing as well so it's it's a great opportunity to introduce young people to theater is that sort of the idea
6: well a couple of things one is it's just good theater for everybody. You know, we have about, you know, 18% of our audience are adults who come without kids just because they love the quality of the work, because we have extraordinary actors, brilliant designers. You know, the music is tight. The theater is comfortable. And so, but it's also a great opportunity uh, to, to uh, bring young people to the theater because, they're going to they're going to laugh. They're going to be talking to Corduroy. They're going to be encouraging him to not to give up to find that button. And so there's a kind of energy in the audience that is just so much fun to be part of because the kids are so deeply invested in the story. And so they're cheering him on. They're they're encouraging him. They're pointing out where the button could be so that he can find it. You know, at the same time, you know, it, it's a tender story because. You know, this is a little bear who really, really, really wants a friend. And every adult and every child has felt that same hunger to be connected, to be accepted, to be embraced. And uh, so every it it touches on, you know, never giving up, that Mm -hmm. resilience that's necessary for all human beings, whether you're four or sixty-four. You know, (laughs) and so
3: let's talk about the cast. Do you have do you have regular cast or are people always auditioning to be part of it? Kind of explain that how it works to be in a production. Right.
6: Well, we're 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 unique in the United States, and we we have a core acting company, and uh, two of our core acting company members are in this show: Dean Holt, who plays Corduroy, and Autumn Ness, who plays the nighttime security guard. In addition, we are always for every show we are auditioning across the Twin Cities because of a wonderful. Uh, uh, talent pool here in our community and so Alexia Thompson who plays the mother uh, uh, you know has worked with us in the past she was a performing apprentice and has done a number of shows with us and so she plays the mother and then we have a number of student actors Ayla Porter plays Lisa and um, and then we have two fantastic students who are playing what we call the mannequins uh, Hugo and Lucy who are uh, there are mannequins each of the department stores, but then they help change all the scenery oh. and have a kind of incredible, uh, goofy choreography to fabulous music by Victor Zupank that tells its own story and its own, is its own fun. So um, it's, uh, you know, there's so much action in the show that you can't quite believe it's done <laughs> with so so few actors. You That's
3: know? great. Well, let's encourage people. How do they get tickets? What Where do we send them?
6: Well, the best thing is to go onto the website, you know, that's theater. that's org, and get their tickets. Um, audiences are just having the time of their lives. People are leaping to their feet at the end of it. You know, it's they're having a ball.
3: Good stuff. Thank you so much, Peter. Good to talk to you.
6: Good talking to you. You have a great night. You Stay too. safe out there. All right. Peter, Bye,
3: Peter Brocious, uh, Artistic Director at the Children's Theater Company. The show, Corduroy. Great fun. Hope you enjoy it. Hope you get out there and support local theater.
2: We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the
1: cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.